Is everyone in recovery here? But yeah, we'll talk a little bit about recovery. Yeah, everyone's in recovery here. Hopefully today. <laughs> we love to see that. <laughs> well, in recovery, there's a, there's a, a step called the first step where you admit that you're powerless over alcohol. Yeah, and if you want to include drugs, or you can include money, or sex, whatever it may be, other people's opinion of you, you know, to anything. The mind can get. So you're powerless over alcohol, and uh, your life has be, has become unmanageable. Yeah. And yet, then, in the third step, it says something different. Because I just went over it with someone last night. So the first step, it sounds like, oh, my, I, I'm powerless over alcohol, and that was the cause of my life being unmanageable. Yeah. But then, in the third, in uh, the how it works, it says. You have to be convinced of three pertinent ideas, and one of them is that you can't manage your own life, which is totally different than I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs and my life has become unmanageable. It sort of sounds like if I stopped drinking and using, it would be manageable again, doesn't it? It says, all right, I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs, and because of I was powerless over that, that, became, that made my life unmanageable. Sounds like drinking made my life unmanageable, but in the third step, it's in the how it works, it doesn't say it that it says you have to be convinced that you can't manage your own life. That's totally different, yeah? And so for me, there was alcoholism, and alcoholism is, is uh, to me, it's like a deep mental groove. Like in, in Hinduism, they call deep mental grooves samskaras, yes? So a deep mental groove is something that will, like, uh, persistently express itself in your life that you may not be happy with, yeah? And it seems to override your will or whatever, yeah? In other words, you're going to put your foot in your mouth or you're going to get paranoid in intimate relationships or somehow or another there's some thing that it feels like a possession that when certain events conspire to be a certain way then this thing takes over, yeah? Well, that's sort of what alcoholism is. It's just a very, it's much longer lasting and it has a lot more power than most other mental but it's a deep mental groove, and it's like being possessed. And when, if you look at alcoholism, you can't take a, an x-ray of it. Yeah? You can't see it in the body. If you x-ray the body or do an MRI or a scan, you're not going to pick up alcoholism. You'll pick up its effects, maybe, like an enlarged liver or something like that, but you're not going to see the disease of alcoholism because it doesn't manifest in the body. It's not like a cancer cell or anything like that or lymphoma or what. So it's in the mental process, obviously. If it's not of the body, it must be in the mental process. So alcoholism is in the mental process. And guess what? This, my humble invitation here is that the feeling of being you right now is a product of the mental process. That's my sense of it, yeah? The feeling of being you, that vague sense of being a self, isn't something that you came upon. It was produced. You didn't have it when you were a baby, when you were a real little baby. There was no sense of being different than anything. You hadn't recognized you or other yet. They've proven it in research, right? The first year, year and a half, a kid doesn't know his mother's different than them. Then it dawns on him, oh, other than me, and then separation, all like that. Because the brain takes longer to develop than the rest of the body. The body gets developed, but the brain doesn't finish its, its development in the womb. It has to continue to develop for the first few months or six or something months or maybe more while you're alive. 
Most animals don't have that. They, they develop in the womb and then they come out. But we have, the brain doesn't finish its development. It takes longer for the brain. So the brain and a mental process in that brain produces the sense of being a self. It makes it up. And so now that feeling of being you, you didn't have that feeling when you were quote-unquote you earlier, <laughs> when you were a kid. Yeah? <laughs> you didn't have it. It was produced. So alcoholism, if it's a mental illness, and it's, well, I say its root is identification as it, but in AA they brought it to obsession with it, you know, with self. But let's just say it's obsession. So if the mental process is infected with alcoholism, yeah, then it's going to have a quote-unquote alcoholic-type self. Yes? In other words, selfing is going to look the same in all different bodies. Yeah? The selfing is going to look the same, and it's going to be able to be recognized. If enough different bodies come together and start sharing what it's like to be them, yeah, sharing their feelings and their reactions to life and their thoughts about life, and they listen to other people who are in that room sharing about their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions, something will come over you sooner or later how similar their thoughts are to your thoughts, yeah? And their feelings are to your feelings, and their reactions to life are to your reactions to life. While when you're in the little cocoon of isolation, you were terminally unique. You felt like no one did what you did in it. Total bullshit. Lots of people have done what you did. And lots of people think like you think, seemingly. And lots of people feel like you feel. <laughs> lots and lots of people just go to a recovery meeting and you'll see them. Yeah? So when we would share, you're sitting there and something happens. And then after months of maybe hearing it, I came to the conclusion that I don't really identify with who you are. You know, I don't at all. Most of us here. But I do identify with what's taking you over. Because the same thing took me over. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? Because as soon as you recognize that there's someone who has what you have, then it must be not be you. <laughs> and as soon as the mind recognizes that it's not that, the first thing it can entertain, a possibility that which was out of its reach, becomes immediately possible, which is, I could be free of it. As soon as it's a recognition, what you're calling yourself to be, you, is not you, immediately the mind can entertain being free of it. It may take seeming time to translate here, but the moment it takes no time for the mind to go, well, if I'm not that, boom, possibilities. Right now, it's taking everything as I'm that, right? which only gives it a very limited form of possibility, which is, what can I do to feel better? What kind of therapy can I get to have this thing behave more? What kind of institution can I enter where I'll be civilized enough where I won't flip out at the next picnic I go to? Or which, what practice can I do that will allow me to have a six-month-long relationship before it blows up in my face? Yeah. It's all going to be like harm reduction, basically. <laughs> because you'll never be able to entertain, I can be free of it. Because why you're identified as it? How can you entertain being free of what you're identified as? It's no way. It's impossible for that system to do it. It doesn't go there. Yeah. And look at the system. Just look at it. When you think about yourself, how do you think about yourself as a body? Yeah. Do you think of yourself as a spirit? When you think.
thinking yourself as a spirit. You're thinking at, you're thinking yourself as a body thinking of yourself as a spirit. <laughs> the system of self-centeredness cannot picture you. Well, maybe it can, but I know, notice how it pictures me when it's doing what it does, which is to think about me. That me it thinks about is portrayed as a body. So, let's say you're relying on a system of thought called self-centeredness and interpretation, because that's what it is, right? You give everything the meaning it has, and then the thoughts represent that all day and give it different meanings. But all the meanings can only come from the system they're coming from, which is self-centeredness. So, no matter how many ways you look at something, no matter how many camera angles your mind wants to represent an event you had today or a relationship you had years ago or whatever, no matter how many times it tries to present itself, it's defined by it's only going to present itself from the view of self-centeredness. It's only going to be seen as how it pertains to you as this. Only. Only. Because the system that now is navigating life for you and dissecting life and going over life is going over life as a body. It's looking at life from this point of view, that I'm this. Yeah. So anytime that's relied on, you're immediately in the denial of your own spirit, or of the spirit, yes? Because you can only entertain the spirit as a body. You're not just entertaining, you're entertaining as a something, yeah? The mind's ability is to entertain but the mind's ability has been compromised with the identification as a self. So now when it entertains anything, it entertains it as a thing. Yes? It entertains it as a body. So when I'm sitting here entertaining my true nature or contemplating my true nature, I'm usually doing it from a false position. Yes? Because what I'm relying on casts me as a body which is the act of denial of what I am. So is there any need to become what you are? I don't believe so. I believe there's just a need to see what you're not, as what you're not. If you see what you're not as what you're not, that's being what you are. You can't know it, obviously, because it would mean that it would have to be something else for you to know it, yeah? You are it. So that idea of knowing it is not offered to you. It's an impossibility. You can know everything else around here, you can know about things, you can know about this, and you can know about that, but you cannot know yourself. You'd have to be something else to know yourself, wouldn't you? I mean, I need distance to know this. <coughs> if I was this, I would never know I was this. Knowing is inherently dualistic. Hmm? Me knowing is inherently dualistic. Me knowing something else. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you're in the sense of being a subject-object. And so as soon as you become the subject, let's say, this becomes a subject, everything is then is cast to be an object. It's not, you don't do anything, that's how it works. Yeah? So as soon as this is taken to be the subject, everything else becomes an object. So now, spirit becomes an object to this subject. So I'm now going to get spiritual. Yeah? I'm going to get some of this. I heard it was probably good. It'll be good for me as, an, as this, as the subject, but truly just the dreamt object, really. Yeah? And there's no way. That's why enlightenment is made to seem like it's going to be a place you go to. What goes anywhere here? A body. Yeah? 
what would arrive what would arrive at a place called enlightenment? It sounds like a trip a body would take, yeah? I mean, if you are that, there's no arrival to anywhere. Yeah? You know how we say, all right, I'm going to arrive at a, I'm going to finally, through all my practices, arrive at a, the enlightenment. Sounds like a trip the body just took, yeah? All right, I started here. I started in Des Moines, and I've heard Oakland has enlightenment. And then if I do a lot of practices, I, as this body, I'm going to arrive at Oakland and get enlightened. <laughs> you don't see the mind? picturing you as a body, that you're, so when you're attempting to entertain your true nature, what's defeating that from happening is what's entertaining your true nature, or how you're entertaining your true nature is as a body, <laughs> so which becomes supreme in that event, the, the false identification as a body entertaining your true nature, or the true nature, obviously the false identification is, is the paramount idea there, isn't it? Because it's the subject, and then your true nature now has become an object to it. This is the dilemma of thought here. That's why it says self can't get out of self. Self can't get out of self. So something that has, has been produced by a system called self-centeredness can never transcend that system it's made in. Because it doesn't exist. It only appears to exist only in that system of thought. It's a dream. Cats don't see you as a self, I'm sure. I'm sure when you walk by an oak tree, he goes, oh, there's Paul, there's Paul. It's very different than Craig, you know. There's none of that happening. Yeah, we're the only ones who give name and form to everything. Give everything name and form to neuter it, so we never meet it. We truly never meet it, because now we know what we're meeting, yeah? Well, you never meet peace, because now you think you know what peace would look like. And so any day, any moment that it doesn't feel like what you think peace would feel like, you think that's not peace. The peace is from this activity. It's not found through this activity. It's from this activity. It's not found through it. It's from it. Yeah. And I found for me, personally, that's funny, personally anyway, but I found to me that the, the, one of the main like glues to this whole thing is that the only reason why you're so interested in this system is you think it's about you, or you, really. Because look at how, if something happens to someone else, you may be interested in hearing it, but it doesn't have any effect that it has on them, does it? I could have someone come in here who's in incredible sorrow about, what it thought, what, about what's not happening, about what they thought they lost. I could feel compassion, but it doesn't really affect me much. But the same event, if I was having it, would be earth-shattering. Yeah? I would expect everyone to stop their day and, you know, call me with condolences. Yeah? But if it was you, fuck, you know, see, I feel bad for you, bro, but hey, get over it. <laughs> What's the difference? Let's say the whole, how your head represented it took maybe 50 thoughts, a few visual metaphors, you know, oh, miss her and you'd see her so beautiful as she drives away in the train, never to turn her back to you again, or whatever. And, you know, and maybe that would all be different. But basically the thoughts would be the exact same, and those thoughts in your head produce this incredible physical and emotional, exquisite suffering 
but the thoughts in your head don't do that to me. Yeah? Only if the same thoughts were in this head, and even if the same thoughts were in this head, and I didn't see them as my thoughts, they wouldn't have the effect they have in you. But it's not the thought that produces the effect, it's the my. Yeah? You know what my means? The act of being identified. Yeah? So a thought is just a thought until it becomes your thought. Then it becomes the beginning of a story. Just look at it simply. Put the word money there, and everyone hold it for a while. Money. And some people say, I don't have much, or I have plenty, I've got enough to eat. Oh, where is it? Or whatever, you know. But you hold the money, yeah? Has some weight, does it? Money, especially in society. All right? Now add the word in front of it, my money. Much different, isn't it? My money seems a lot heavier than money. Relationships, everyone has certain importance to that. But now just put the one little word, my, in front of it. My relationship. Jesus Christ. Five novels out of that. You could write all day. And then let's say, um, whatever, health. Health, yeah, health's pretty cool. My health. Let me tell you about my health. You got a lot of time. I got a hernia. My health is just a huge thing. You don't see the act of, of uh, meaning given. It's a simple act of Body, my body. Money, my money. Time, my time. Past, my past. Future, my future. Dreams, my dreams. Yeah? Dreams, future, money, relationships, past. You're going to travel all your life with this, yeah? This way is pretty light. Money, relationships, this and that. Heavy, my money. My relationships, my time, my past, my health. You're going to have to travel the same way. This is just going to be a whole lot heavier, yes? And I don't mean heavier after 2012. I mean every moment heavier. Every moment. The value of this message here, if there is any value in it, is that you'll travel lighter. Yes? Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Operations, no operations. Money, no money. Dilemmas, no dilemmas. You will travel lighter through whatever the terrain of your life has in store for you. It doesn't say it will change the terrain. If you're going to get sick, you'll get sick. If you're going to get fired, you'll probably get fired. But you'll travel lighter through it all. And it's, that's why its value truly goes usually unnoticed. Yeah? Because it's not this huge event that you can encapsulate and put on a mantle and go, look at that. It's just the looking all day. It's the seeing all the day. It's the traveling all day. The lightness that it provides every day through the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. Just by extracting that one word out of your world, my, yeah. as soon as you that my drops off, your relationship to money, relationships to world, health, time, activities, service, whatever it may be, will be revised. It will be totally shifted. Everything that you come in contact with as a you, as the subject, and that thing is an object, it will change the subject. Therefore, the relation to the object will change. Yeah? Everything. 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 Because it doesn't change anything out here. It changes how you see it. It changes the seeing of it. Yeah? The form of seeing everything from the point of view of what's looking, which is self-centeredness, yes, self-centeredness, how everything pertains to me, is shifted, 
and then you see life with a larger lens, so to speak. Yes? Instead of just seeing the tunnel vision, oh, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. This happens a lot in the AA. If you ever go to recovery meetings, you'll hear people go, oh, the worst thing ever happened to me. And then a couple of years in recovery, they'll go, hey, that worst thing that ever happened to me turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So here it is, the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yes, and then constantly, oh, yes, and then just compounding, yes, it's the worst thing, year after year, drinking, blaming everyone, yeah. Suddenly, something happens, they get out of selfing, and their lens opens up, and they see the worst thing, and its connectedness to everything else is the best thing that ever happened to you. These are miracles of perception, whacking us to wake up. There's going to be seeing no matter what. You're conscious till the day you die. There's consciousness happening. So there's going to be seeing. Seeing bridled with a form of looking called self-centeredness is very heavy to travel as, as you know. Yeah? When this gets taken off and then the natural seeing is left there, yes, the natural seeing, it provides a sense of ease and comfort and a sense of traveling lighter. Yeah? Day in and day out. So when you're not so much engaged in you, then you can truly be holding the space for others. Yeah. When you realize that, like in recovery, they give, we get some really nice examples, and we call them being out of self. Yeah. And some people say it's mostly by doing service. Because the tendency we have is not to be of help to other people and self-centeredness. We're up our self-ass and we don't really... Unless someone climbs up there with us, we're not coming out to be available, yeah? So here I am, I get to help this newcomer, so I get pulled out of myself. My mind gets disengaged, well, what about me? And I say, hey, can I, you know, let's go have some coffee. Maybe it, and there may be yapping, it's the last thing I want to do, but there's something that overrides it and you do it, yeah? So then you come out of self, and what happens? You feel different, obviously. There are two different modalities. So you get out of self, so now I'm out of self, and how I felt is you feel available for once. You feel, wow, out here, yeah, yeah. Maybe you start seeing things you didn't see, like the trees, the colors, and the wind, feeling, hey, and then you feel a presence, or sense of presence, yeah? If you want to call it consciousness, whatever you want to call it. But usually what happens is the mind, the mental process rises up and claims it and becomes you again. Yeah? Oh, I just felt this presence, and then you go back up the ass of self. Yeah? And now you have all these ideas about sensing the presence, but you're not sensing the presence anymore. <laughs> all you got is concepts and ideas about it. So let's say you do it again. One time, just once, you're in that sense of presence, why not say that's what I am? Yeah? Don't say it, just feel it. Because it is more of what you are than whatever you've been thinking. I'm telling you that. And if you are that sense of presence, then what does that make you in one's life? Available. If I'm present, and all there is is presence, then I'm available to what's happening in where? The present. Yeah? And if I'm available, I would say that makes me of service. Isn't it? So here you are, on one level, having to do service to get out of self, to get a little bit of relief, only to go back in the self, to have to get more relief, to get back in the self, to get more relief, and if you stop getting the relief, you go way up the ass of self. Yeah? And you may not come back. You may have to send a team in there, and they don't want to go back up there. You're on your own. You know? Bottom, yeah. The bottom. 
But what would happen if you entertained that I'm that presence? The idea of service would take a quantum leap. You would realize you're of service. Doing it or not, doing like the formalness of it or not doing the formalness of it, you're of service. So whatever comes about during the day, there's that sense, you're not saying I'm of service, there's just the of service. In other words, you're available to what's actually happening. And if you're available to what's actually happening, that's the immunity to what's not happening. And what's not happening is what most people are living with now. They call it, the overall feeling is they have fear, but it's not really fear. Because fear is a valid emotion. When something threatens you right now, then the, the response, if your system is healthy, is to react, fight or, fight or flight, you know? Adrenal glands open up, you get the adrenaline and everything like that. Yeah? That's fear. Most people are in a state of anxiety, mental anxiety. And the craziest thing is, is, it, is the mental anxiety is coming from a place called what's not happening. Yeah? That's, that's what's so mind-boggling. Most people, because right now there's nothing to be afraid of or anxious about right now in this room. I mean, this this table is not going to jump on you. It's not sort of stable. Yeah, no one's carrying a gun, I don't think. There's, you know, no storm's going to break through in the hurricane or the earthquake, maybe. Who knows? But there's a pretty safe space right now. So if we were present to this space and available, our natural reaction or response to it would be to relax. Yeah? You'd just be... Yet, most people can't respond to what's happening. Why is that? Are they incapable of it? No. They're busy reacting to what's not happening. All their ability to respond has been, is being used, but it's a reaction to what's not happening. Because you can't respond. The only true response to what's not happening is it's not happening. That's the only true response. The true response to what's happening is it's not happening. Yeah? So it's really no response at all. <laughs> so don't you ever have that? You just worry about next week? Yes? You're here now, Monday night, and yet your mind is traveling. You don't. There's no airport next week, really. There's no, like, you don't have a, like a vacation home there. No. There's no place to land. There's no place to eat anywhere. You can only think. There's only thinking about it. And thinking seemingly makes it so, seemingly. It only appears to be true or false to you. It doesn't, it can't really exist. It appears to exist. So next Friday, my head is thinking of next Friday now. I'm sitting here, pretty nice Monday night, but my head's worried, oh, hernia's going to explode, whatever. My money's running out, whatever like that, yes? So I'm now... My mind's going into this place called what's not happening, and it's rummaging around it with its little tentacles of thought, trying to dig up some embers to start a fire. <laughs> okay, oh yeah, you have cancer. You're going to have cancer next Friday. That's why you've been feeling bad. I, fuck it, I can't finally figure it out. I'm going to die. So here I am. I'm totally fine right now, Monday night. But in my head, in my little porno theater up here, Paul, as a body, that's the only way you think of yourself. I swear, check it out. If you rely on thought, you are a body. 
If you rely on thought, that's called self-reliance. You're relying on a body. That's why you're in so much anxiety, because a body's not reliable, because it's going to fucking die. Shit. So here, what's not happening? I have cancer. Oh. So now, my head, by entertaining what's not happening, produces an effect here. It plays God, obviously. That's what it does. And in recovery, it says... The how and why of this whole program of recovery is to quit playing God. It plays God. It takes something out of nothing, and it produces an effect in the body now. So now you feel contracted, you're rushing, your mind's rushing, maybe you're sweaty, and you're distracted from what's happening because you're worried about what's not happening. Yeah? And you don't even seem to have the ability to respond to what's going on. Because that ability is now a reaction to what's not going on. This is an addiction. Yeah? If you get addicted to there, you'll have total immunity to here. You'll never sense the presence. Really. And that absence of the effect of your own nature here is going to really, really, really produce a dissatisfaction in you where you'll be constantly seeking to try to fill it up with a thousand different things. And after a while, you know they all fail, but you can't help yourself anymore. You're just like a rabid machine looking to get some distraction from the unbearability of truly not being what you are, which all you can be is that. You can only be what you are. Yeah? But you can't be what you are in what's not happening. The only thing you are in what's not happening is a body. When you think about yourself in the past, you only think about yourself as a body. And when your mind thinks about you in the future, it only encapsulates you as a body. So all the worrying you're doing this whole life is about you as a body. When you're a spirit, that's invulnerable to what happens to the body. Same. Yeah? There was a lesson in The Course of Miracles, she used to say, still says it, uh, your attack thoughts, it says my attack thoughts, which are very good, my, my attack thoughts are attacking my invulnerability. So your true nature is invulnerable to any attack, because your nature is not of a body, it's of spirit, yes? That's where the lightness comes from. That's how you travel light. All the gymnastics that try to travel light as a body here, people have tried it for you ever trying to make it great just as it is. Everyone wants everything to get better but just as they are. You don't see how things are and you are symbiotic, yes? You are the dreamer of this place. If, you're dream if the ability to dream is going through the lens of self-centeredness, that's the movie you're going to see. And, that's, and you're going to be the dreamt object in that movie. And that dreamt object is going to be a body. Self can't get out of self. A body is never going to transcend the body. Yeah. I've seen it. I've gotten hurt really bad in life a couple of times. And I'll tell you, what's amazing is the absence of any narration when it's happening. That thing that's constantly yapping about your life stops when a real big deal occurs. <laughs> I swear to God, it's nowhere to be found. It shows up later and claims it. Oh, look at what you did! You shouldn't have gone there that day. This wouldn't have happened. It had nothing. It was just like, where were you? <laughs> but what is there is light and awareness. That doesn't move. That doesn't go anywhere. It's always been the denominator of our lives. Always been the denominator. 
We've just made the mathematics of our life based on the primary number one. That's called self-centeredness. When actually the primary number is zero, that could be called nothing and or everything. Yeah? Infinite possibilities. And all our equations are about me. One equals one. And it seems very confusing. Just take the one and put zero. It makes a whole lot of sense. Life is happening, but not to me. Life is happening, but not to me. Yeah. Life is functioning. There's actions being done, and deeds are occurring, and events are happening, but there's, like Buddha said, there's no individual doer thereof. There is not a person that's doing anything. Yeah. So let's say thought. You have a house. Maybe you had 100 thoughts today. Probably 1,000. They say you have 70,000 thoughts a day go through your head. That's amazing, eh? 70,000 thoughts. So let's say each thought, when seen, is claimed by selfing. Yeah? So there's a seeing of thought. Just like if we sat here and a thousand birds flew by the window, and if my eyes were open, looking that way, I'd see them all. There'd be seeing of them all. I'd be sitting there, and they'd just go flying by, flying by, flying by, flying by. Same thing. Consciousness of mind is seeing thoughts, yeah? Thoughts are like mental objects. So it's being seen. But if you're in self if the self-centeredness is dominating your apparatus, then the seeing has been claimed by you seeing. So now it's you seeing all the birds. That's okay with birds, but when it's you seeing all the thoughts, the thoughts are held as I'm the thinker of them, or they're about me. As soon as that happens, the thought gets heavy. A huge amount of meaning is injected into the thoughts. And so let's say you had ten, let's say you just had a hundred thoughts a day. And a hundred thoughts were seen as just thoughts, you would have traveled pretty damn light. The same hundred thoughts, if they were seen as your thoughts, that you thought them, or they were about you, you would have traveled heavy. It's a difference in your day. That's truly the verb of freedom. Freedom from the bondage of self. So if you want to be free from the bondage of self, check out how you're bonded to self. Yeah? If you can tell the truth about the bonding agent, then that bonding agent won't be able to bond anymore, and you'll be freed from the bondage to self. Yeah? The bondage to self is my, M-Y, claiming, owning, becoming the proprietor thereof. That's all the weight in the world. I wish I could get this weight lifted. Yeah. Oh, and it's also... Uh Organization that um, such an entity as me, I, doesn't exist. It's a mental construct. That's right. So, in a sense, what helps me to kind of uh, see my likely or see it as irrelevant is I don't even exist. I'm just a you know collection of thoughts, memories, points of view, um, and uh, you know there's no solid entity. Yeah, but most people don't start there. They really don't. It's, that's a conceptual bridge that collapses when the water comes up. It doesn't hold weight. I've seen it, so. Mm -hmm. This is a much better thing. It's just to see a couple of things, like let's just say immunity to thought, yeah? So if, what's an immunity to thought? The immunity to thought is the mind is extracted. So thought is seen as a thought. Start there. If there isn't an owner of the thought, yeah? 
then obviously there's no thinker. So start there, and then there's no thinker, then there's no this, and there's no that. So you basically collapse it from the inside out instead of saying from the outside, there's no that. This is like, no, I'm not that, that's all. It's not like saying that denial of it. You just realize, hey, I'm not that. I'm not the thinker of the thoughts. I'm not the haver of this feeling. I'm not that, I'm not that. And then you realize, after you try to figure it out, there's no way you can ever know what you are. And that's the act of being what you are, is seeing what you're not. Because only what you're not can be seen. What you are cannot be seen. It's the seer. It's the seeing. Not the seer. There's no seer. It's the seeing. So what you are can't be seen. But what you're not can be seen. Physical, mental, feelings, all those things. It doesn't minimize or maximize their value. It's seeing there is, they don't imply that there's a person there. Yeah? In other words, if you think, if you look at, a, if you witness some doing, your mind immediately has to come to the idea that there's a doer. It's very difficult for the mind and self-centeredness just to see doing, isn't it? It always wants to sort of put blame or praise. And even when you realize there's something that you had nothing to do with, you'll make a night, another thing called God as the doer. So God did this. God did all this. This is, the system wants to know, and the way it knows is of subject-object. So when it sees something happening, it believes there must be someone that it's doing it or happening to. That's the mind system. You're not that. Yeah? When you see it as just a product, and you're a product, and even the idea of not being the product is a product of the same place, then you're left with just the seeing. And that's that. Yeah? And that's moving and verbing all day. You can't rest. There's no place to sit down and go, oh, I got it. Because there's no getting of it. Yeah? And there's no place that you can go and say, I didn't, don't get it. Yeah? Because there's no not getting it. Yeah? You're free from both. In other words, any way you could become the doer or the haver of it is taken, not, it's like, it's, the, the rug is taken out from underneath you. It's not said there's no rug. It's just the rug's taken out, and by the rug being taken out, then you realize there's no rug. Yeah? When you see there's nothing to stand on, then you realize the truth is uncertain. It's mystery. It's all there is is seeing. Yeah? So, it's working for me. I mean, this is certainly is a great idea, these things, because you watch. The head is very trippy. Because they will go, okay, I'm willing to put, stay in bed for 12 days, but then it makes a certain demarcation day. Well, I know I'm going to be up on the 14th day. So it sets up a little expectation by this great wealth of knowing. And yet when it wakes up on the 14th day, the hernia is really swollen and big. So you're not getting up. And then what occurs is has, it goes into a mental state of being disappointed. Yeah. Only because it's set up an expectation. All about because it has an urge to know. It wants to know something. And this is all this life is about is finding out, if you notice. Yeah. Even in this day, if you looked at this day like a card game, when are you dealt the 8 a.m. card? At 8 a.m., yeah? You don't get the 4, 10 p.m. card at 8 a.m., do you? You have to wait and play all the other cards to get to the 4, 10 card. The head doesn't like that, does it? It wants to know, doesn't it? So it goes, oh, I got to do some of this whole game's going to suck today. It just jumps to incredible conclusions and it gets a sense of knowing which nudes the whole act.
act of living. Some lady just called me from Arizona. She wants to end it now because she knows it's going to suck. And it was just, I, you know, I don't want to. It was just, I've heard this thousands of times. The same system. It's like the same system, the same little uh, phonograph record with the same record and the same needle and in the same groove. Thousands of times in 23 years. Thousands and thousands of times. The same, same. There's nothing novel about it. It's the system. It's a system. It's a, it's a produced, very smallly structured, very split, dualistic production. Yeah? And you're not that. You've only become beholden to it because you've identified with what it's presenting as you. And you're identified as a body. Not you're identified. There's the identification as a body in place. It's so funny because you will, it's like we come, let's say, to a meeting and we're going to sit and talk about the ocean for an hour or two. But we're all here as waves, yeah? And there'll be a tons of discussion about the ocean. Is it eternal? Is it this? Is it that? Is there nothing, you know, incredibly high intellectual conversations? But the whole dilemma isn't lack of knowledge about the ocean. It's everyone sitting there thinking they're a wave. <laughs> That's the dilemma. You don't need to know any more about the ocean. Yeah? But if you try to learn the ocean as a wave, that's the denial of your nature, which is ocean. Yeah? It's just finding, hey, I'm not the wave. That's that. That's the message. Just to go out with maybe the idea that I may not be what I'm taking myself to be. And let it go in there, and it will do what it does. Yeah? It may erode the flimsy foundation your whole little story of life is based on. <laughs> Crashing down. So the wave wants to have an experience of the ocean. It can't experience the ocean unless it's a wave. You see? The incredible illness. Yeah? That you'll even, just to have an experience of the ocean, you'll take yourself to be a wave. Yeah? You'd rather have an experience of the ocean as a wave instead of realizing I'm not a wave and being the ocean. Yeah? Because it looks like it's a lot more exciting as a wave to get an experience of the ocean. You can bring it back to all the other waves and say, hey, look at this experience I've had of the ocean. I'm a special wave. I'm a spiritual wave. Deeply spiritual wave. Look at the size of this experience I had. But when you realize you're not a wave, it's just ocean. It's like very, it doesn't mean a damn thing. You're not going to get any extra credits here. Yeah? Your seat's not going to be elevated. You know? <laughs> you're just a common Joe among other common Joes. It's the most ordinary thing to, to be is awake. Yeah? It's the most ordinary thing to be is awake. It's extraordinary to be asleep and then have an experience of being awake, only to go back to sleep. Now that, a story can be written about. But being awake is totally ordinary. It has no glamour or value, really. But to not be awake and then think that you did something to get an experience of awake, to go back to not being awake, now that is pretty, that you can make a good movie on. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, that's what they have to do to serve you. 
only a concept could carry, you know, travel across a conceptual bridge, only you go to a conceptual land. Yeah? So you may not get that. You're a concept. But when the conceptual bridge collapses, that may be indicated. It could be a nice wakening up. Yeah? Yeah? That you are a concept, basically. Your mind is holding you as such. So that's all we can do is conceive things and conceptualize things. So you conceptualize the truth to bring you an advantage as a concept instead of recognizing I'm not that and be freed of it. If God is everywhere, like they say in the old Catholicism, why aren't you bumping into it? Why aren't you rubbing up against it right now? Why aren't you feeling it? Why aren't you sensing some presence other than your own all freaking day? If it's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, I guess it's it's matched with you because you can live as if there is no God. And if it's all powerful, you must be more powerful than that, that you can forget it so efficiently all day. That's what mind's doing. It's playing God. It's playing God to making a conceptual world. Yes? And living conceptually. But how can a concept give up all concepts? It can't. Just give up the original concept. Yes? How can you expect a concept to give up conceiving? It's not going to happen. So it's going to conceive ideas about what the truth should look like, what it should be like, what people should be like if they know the truth, what people shouldn't be like if they know the truth. All this, all this, it's just total bullshit. What, that's what happens. But when it's yours, you will not be able to do that. If you think it's yours and it's about you, you'll be busy improving. You'll be a constant urban renewal project. Never-ending additions and new pipe <coughs> systems or whatever. Super turbocharged things. The interest will just be so unbelievably into it. Even when you're trying to not think about yourself, that's obsession with self. It's fucking, you can't, self can't get out of self, you see? The whole point is to realize I'm not that, in a sense, and then your interest and attention gets removed, and then instead of just, like, uh, fertilizing and seeding that one dead ground, it gets, to, it gets invested a lot of other ways that enrich one's view, yes? And I'm telling you, the true solution to dissatisfaction is to be satisfied, I'm telling you. A lot of your fucking crazy behaviors, you won't believe how they change when you're happy. <laughs> when you're truly satisfied, it's, like, it's the best tonic of all. Everything else is yapping. But if you're really happy, when the need to be liberated has been dropped, because there is no need to be liberated if you're okay. It's the mind that wants to be liberated from its own makings. Yeah? It's such a freedom. Yeah? So that one moment isn't made to be better than another moment. Your eyes are open all the time. You're not discriminating and saying, oh, this is very valuable. I'm going to the temple today. This washing dishes, no, it's unimportant. No, it's just all the while, the seeing is the denominator. The seeing is all there is. In whatever event that's being seen, the seeing is the primary juice. That's what your attention and interest has swung to. 
instead of the dreamt object, the all-importance Paul, that's been dismissed, and now attention and interest is resting in its source. Yeah? He's able to spend tons of attention and interest all day, and yet never loses anything in the account, because it's an infinite resource. Yeah? So no one's coming into my life stealing my time. <laughs> when someone calls me up, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't fuck this invitation. I want my own invitation. How long did you live like that way? I remember I used to go to meetings and the one person I wanted to be there wasn't there. So <laughs> the whole meeting had no value to me in my head. Let's get to the next one. You know? It's insane. Or have a huge story about, oh, I just want to be acknowledged or given attention to. No, you don't. You have a special idea of what it looks like to get attention. That's what you're missing. Because there's tons of attention in an AA meeting. Yeah? But that's not good enough because I have a specific idea of how that attention I wanted to see it. I should be in a certain body and it should be smitten with me. <laughs> and that's the only one I'm going to accept. All other packages I'm not going to sign for. You're going to be right and alone quite a lot in your life. I'll tell you that. Waiting to be saved. I don't know. This is like getting on with it. Today's the day, the only day you got. Wouldn't it be nice if you could travel lighter today? Fuck. Yeah? And what's that going to promote? Another day of traveling lighter tomorrow. Yeah? Not going over every day. It's as if it's on one of those little things, etch a sketch. All the movements of the day, etch a sketch for 20, 18 hours, 24 hours. And then they get erased, and then another thing. And race, no, race, nothing. It's like it's like the sand. You know, all the footprints are washed by the tides. You know, it's just like, or like in Buddhism, they do those mandalas. You ever know what a mandala is? It's a beautiful, exquisite painting with a lot of colors that symbolizes uh, Buddhism in the Tibetan view. Well, they these guys travel around the world and they take sand and they they get all these incredible little instruments and they do this incredible picture with sand. Mandala, all these colors, it takes about a week, yeah? And they're working on it all day, and they've got these little shovels and everything, and they're really incredible. And all the people come around, and at the end of the, after seven days, they just, they just move all the sand. What? Yeah, just like that. Yeah? It's, it's just, it's, it's like a teaching of the impermanence of this place, yeah? So it's not that what they did, it was the doing, yes? It was all the doing sense they had while they were doing it. That's the value that goes unnoticed. That's the value that there's no accounting for. That's the value that can't be captured here. That's the living quality of being here. It's the joy of being alive while you're living. There's no book that you can have an account and look at a ledger. You don't know what they were going through when they were doing that. There's no way you can capture that and go, wow, that was worth whatever, you know, 800 movies or something. No. Yeah? It would look like they did nothing. because, But in fact, what was there, the seeing was the value. Yeah? The seeing is the value of your day. Not if anyone, who the hell notices what you and I are doing? No one, they're, they're, we're all up our old asses, you know? No one's thinking about you much. You're not, this idea of being the object of other people's thoughts, give me a break. Very few people are thinking about you and me right now, except you and me, about all. But the value is in the living. You want, to me, people are, 
if they're living up in that cave of self, they can have every wall of that cave in the ass of self could be lined with spiritual books. It doesn't mean a damn fucking thing. There's no lightness to it. Yeah. They're not having a good time. Yeah. They're not traveling well. But I've meditated hour after hour. Who cares? If you got a big stick up your ass, who gives a shit? I'd much rather be able to, you know, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? This lady, I said some bad things. If you, if the distortion is, is, is what we're identified as, then that distortion doesn't know the difference between true and false. That's why false evidence appears real to your head. Yeah. False evidence appears real to you. Yeah. It's the you is the basis of it appearing real or not. Yeah. A false evidence cannot be real. It can appear real only to you. Yeah? So the you, if the you is false evidence, then it's definitely going to take other false evidence to be real. Because it can't even see that it's not real. Yes? So the ignorance begets ignorance. And the more and more you want relief, the farther farther you're going up the ass of self, in a sense, to get relief. Because you're trying to get relief from the problem as a self. Not from self, but as a self. That's what I. Re that was my experience in recovery. After nine years, I've been practicing recovery with. I am obsessed with this idea of being me. I didn't know that what was obsessed with that idea was an idea. Yeah? I didn't know that the root of the problem is an obsession. It's identification as self. So it doesn't matter if I give up the obsession. I'll be giving it up as self, which is another form of obsession. Yeah? So then I question, oh, I'm not that, and then I got radical relief from the problem. Because it's like, here I had a rash, and I didn't know what it was, so I put an ointment on it. Yes? And like, this is how you know the problem by the solution. Yeah? So one time, then finally I put one ointment on it, and it cleared the rash up. I read the thing, and it said, cream of non-self. And then I realized, so the problem was self. Yeah? So I knew the problem by the solution. That's why many people aren't knowing the solution, because they're trying to know it as the problem. Yeah. You see? In recovery, it talks about this, like quantum results, and then there's like, okay, push this, move that lift that, and this will happen. Then there's things of, you're going to be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. That's not push that, go do this, do that. That's another level of solution, yeah? And then the problem will not exist for you. And how that becomes stabilized is when the problem does not exist as you. When you recognize, I'm not self, then the problem cannot, will appear not to exist for you anymore because it's not existing as you anymore. And that's when it gets radically long-lasting relief. Yes? Of course, we're always talking about different levels. There's different levels, yeah, in a sense, in this place of, of degrees of solution. There's the level of doing and having, which most of us are on. You think you've done something, so you're going to try to do something else to make it better. Then there's a quantum leap where no thought or effort on your part, something occurs, you're placed in a position of neutrality, you realize it's only grace in a way. You have no idea what other name to give it. Yet something has shifted dramatically. And it usually 
the length of it staying in place is much longer than the doing and having. Yeah? So the shift becomes a state, not an experience you have, but a state you're living from. Much different than having an experience of being out of self. You could have a hundred experiences of it in a day of being out of self. It's not anywhere close to a state of being out of self. Yeah? The state of being out of self is frames thousands and thousands and thousands of experiences. The experience of being out of self is just a few experiences in thousands and thousands of experiences of being in and out of self. Yeah? But a state of being out of self is different, totally different, totally, totally different solution. Much more durable, much more long-lasting, and it maintains itself by entertaining it. You don't have to work hard at it. You just entertain it because it's a valid, living, vibrant solution. It's alive, yeah? So with that attention and interest, it, it's like the highest form of spiritual maintenance to me is realizing you're a spirit. It's the highest form of spiritual maintenance better than any fucking practice that takes all this time of knowing you are what you're trying to practice to be is incredibly different. Yeah? Than anything, everything's a practice in a way of being it. Yeah? Even when your head's saying you're not it, that's also, it's never, you're never not it again anymore. And you start having immunity to all your declarations of mind saying, oh, you've forgotten it, you're disconnected. You see, every one of them is false evidence. Every one of them, every one of them is false evidence that can only appear real to you. And it usually appears real as a you, not to you. So, I mean, I come here, I don't know why I come here, but I would imagine in this story I come here because it fucking works. <laughs> That's simple as that. It's been 23 years and... <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all at least two levels above a coconut. You can recognize what works over time, I hope. I mean, when you start traveling lighter radically for 12, 13 years, you've got a pretty good indication. You can probably see the problem pretty well because you're living in the solution. Yes, the, only, the best view of the problem is from the solution. <laughs> To me, it's so fucking obvious to just hand it over to people. I have total faith in your mind. I know the mind can entertain being free of what it's not easily. It just it can't while it's identified as it. That's the dilemma. Yeah. You cannot entertain being free of what you identify as. No fucking way. That's why people shoot themselves. They figure the only way they can be free of it is ending it. This, yeah, because they take them this to be them. Really, literally, you don't see the mind going there get so unbearable, they won't drink it, do drugs anymore, and yet they're back, they're still brought to the, the raw issue of identification. They're taking themselves to be what's driving them crazy. And the only way they can get relief is to shoot what's presenting it. Yeah? Usually they don't shoot themselves in the elbow, it's usually pointed at where they think they are, what's driving them crazy. Here, yeah, doesn't it usually? You see? Now that mind was entertaining every option, but it couldn't entertain the one option that could work, which is I'm not that, because it was identified as it. So all of its ability to entertain was defined and limited by the system it was in. Yeah? It was identified self-centeredness, so it couldn't entertain being free of self. So, it's the best thing you could come up with. 
I want to see people get to that point without having to go there and have the ability to realize I'm not that. And as soon as you realize I'm not that, that's the beginning of freedom from it. As soon as you keep claiming you're it, that's the whole life of therapy and everything else that most of us are going through. Trying to get it relief as if it's worthy of fucking relief. You can't buy this thing off if you've noticed. You're not going to freaking win it over, have you? You're not going to make it like you. If it has a belief that you're no good, it's going to have that belief probably for quite a while. It's going to undermine your opportunity to enjoy peace of mind when peace of mind is available because you'll be worrying about some innate thing or believe that your source of happiness has left you just now or some other fucking crazy story it produces. Somehow it's going to hook you because you've been hooked already. You're identified as the biggest piece of bait is thrown out, which is you as a body. How can you not believe the next enticing piece is going to be good? You already bought the first hook. It's, going to, it's hard to have immunity to obsession with self if you're identified as a self. It's fucking difficult. Haven't you found that out? It's hard, isn't it? People are driving themselves freaking crazy. They can't sleep. Their head, they lay in there, and their head's just representing their life. And if I wouldn't have done this, if I didn't walk across that street, I wouldn't have got hit by the car. But you did get hit by the car. So let's get real. You know, just establish what happened and then move on instead of thinking it could all be different. Your mind's just spinning wheels and driving itself crazy. And how you can't seem to pull your attention away from it, can you? It's like you get up, you put a movie on, or you read something, or some call some people up, the AA hotline. But your attention's just glued to that thought about how fucked up this is. It's never going to get better. It's re- unbelievable. You have no immunity. Isn't that the case, really? And wouldn't you just die for some immunity? Wouldn't you just like to be able to walk in a room and not be thinking about how everyone equally is thinking about you when you walk? Wouldn't it be just nice to just uh, take a walk and just be walking, you know? That to me is traveling later. I found the only way it's worked on a lasting condition is to entertain I'm not that, which my mind is obsessed over. And not give it a, a, a substitute, leave it at that, I'm not that. Not say, oh, but I am this, no, because that's another thing we'll obsess over. Just take away its bone, and you're not that. And then the dog, though unruly, maybe for a while, will go to his sleep, and then he'll have the run of your house again. But if you throw it a bone, it's going to take your leg, (laughs) as you well know. (laughs) Don't you feel simpatico to everyone? I just can't handle the suffering. You know, sufferings, there's plenty of suffering to go around, but making suffering out of what's not happening is insane to me. I mean, there's enough that's going to happen in your day. Then why would I want to go to the fertile fields of what's not happening and produce a giant crop of anxiety-inducing, you know, fruit? <laughs> it's fucking insane. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's the, another form of addiction. So you'll worry about something, worry about something, and then what doesn't come to pass, you get a big fucking mental relief. That's another form of addiction. You know? Haven't you noticed that? Most of the things you've ever worried about never came to pass, but you continue to worry because there's a relief. It's like being an addict. 
Friday's going to be terrible. Friday's going to be terrible. And then Friday isn't so terrible. Man, that's good. I feel really good now. What I thought was didn't was going to happen didn't happen. All right, well, what do I need to do to get that feeling again? Think about what's not going to happen. <laughs> I'd rather be free. That's my view. I'd rather be free of that. It's nice to get high when you feel bummed out. I used to like it. Most of my day went before I shot coke. It was a great rush to have the contrast. I was a ravenous rat, and then when I put that needle in my arm, I got a huge fucking rush. It was the best thing I could ever do in that realm. Yeah? But it was both both needed each other. I needed to feel the way I felt before I shot up to get the feeling that I shot up. It was like a dual little dance. I'd rather be free from both of them. Yeah. I have no need to get loaded because I'm high all the time. I don't think I really said getting loaded. I don't believe I said getting loaded. No, no, I'm talking about the other things of worrying and getting relief when things don't happen, right? And my no, I guess what I'm saying is why, why would a person indulge themselves to be consumed by self? And what I said is that when, you, when that's over, the, the relief is great. Oh, uh, but to who? No, but well, I mean, who gets the relief when it's over? You said being obsessed with self it does well, this thing. I did have that experience. Yeah, but who had it? Life. But who had it? Who had it? Yeah. I suppose it was uh, that experience of being obsessed with self had that experience. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't. Well, it stopped. That's right. It didn't have that experience because self wasn't there. Self is a, is a form, a mental verb called selfing, really. So an experience like you were talking about, or an epiphany or whatever, if I'm doing it justice, whatever, a stopping of that false identification, the head, the, the act of falsely identifying rises up and tries to claim it and says, I had the experience of my own demise. Self will actually claim its own absence. Selfing will rise in your head and claim its own absence as if it had an experience of it. That's selfing. Selfing's tricky. Check it out. In other words, let's say there's an epiphany, and obviously, if you ever had an epiphany, you know, you didn't make any reservation for it, did you? No, it's not a planned event. You know, it's not like a bonus or anything. It's an epiphany. Basically, your storyline of selfing stops, and then you're living life on the dawn. But usually what happens when it seems to become normal again is when the head rises up and says, I just had this incredible epiphany. Yes? So actually, the selfing will, will claim its own absence. Yeah? So an event can occur in one's life where it's shown not to be so, and yet the head will still, can still arise and claim it, and then it's just that... That interruption is just a speed bump in the, in the highway of selfing. It just totally coagulates again, and now you are a someone who had this great event of not being a someone. Yeah? I've just seen it that way. So I, I find for me, I'm has not... Your experience? Hmm? Has that been your experience? Yes, it's been my experience a couple of times where I've had a, when something happened where there was an absence of that self. And that's why I'm explaining it this way, because that's what happened with me. And then after that. Hmm? And then after that. I had a number of times. And then, and then after that. And then after that, no. 
because then there was never after that. There was seen, at one point, there was just a seeing that there was never one, anyone to begin with. Yes? And that was that. There was just seeing. And then from that point on, there's just been being caught up in a bird. There's no place to stand up and claim it. There's just seeing. Yeah? Seeing, 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 seeing. Yeah? So, but the, but it wasn't a big event like the big events that happened in my life. The big events got claimed, to tell you the truth. I had the big events at the waterfall and I even had a witness and a kid there and everything was happening, but then my head sort of, uh, it was weird, it was like I heard a voice, didn't sound too familiar, but it was like, sounded like it was far away and it was like behind a rock and it was talking to me, seemed to me, and then it was, it got louder and louder and it was talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, and then it hit a certain point that it started talking as me, and that was like the re-adoption of self. That's what, how I saw it. I saw it's like birth almost. How it just sort of, and then it was like I, like the glove got hung over, and my hand of consciousness went right back in it, so to speak. And I was like, everything was still beautiful and gorgeous, but then even that dimmed after a few hours. But then I just went on, selfing away, I guess. A couple other little events, but then I don't know what happened. This was more like a bleaching effect. It was just not a, like a sudden recognition because they hadn't worked really. <laughs> this is more just a verbing, 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 and there's, there's just an incessant sense of verbing now for me. I don't know how else to put it. There's just, there's no, no one being on or off. There's just, yeah. So what, what, I'm, what I was sharing is what I saw, what happened with the head. Most of what I share is from my own experience, quote unquote, from watching what happens. I check it out and I, I see what it does, and that's what it's done in my own experiences, is that it has a very strong ability to, well, it's always going to be claiming, but if your attention and interest is captured by it, yes, it, it's sort of like, it's like a, a piece of bait in the water, and then the movement of the water moves towards the bait, yeah? And when that movement grabs the bait, that act makes it a fish. And then it has a feeling of being a historical fish. And so its absence gets bookended by its presence of the story of Paul, and now it's reasserted its presence as Paul. And the eternal absence is now made into an event that Paul had. That's what I've seen. And after a period, number of those, those weren't the ones that did the trick, so to speak. It was just a leaking or a bleaching out where there was just an overall sense of there's just onness and there's no one who's on, you know? And there's no one that was on or is ever going to be on. There's just onness. So there was no extinguishment of any self because there was never a self, yeah? All there is is selfing. It's just a mental verb amidst all the other verbs going on. <clears throat> So, uh, any other questions? No. Pass the basket. Basket. Okay. Uh, we're going to have meeting Wednesday. We're going to go on now. We should be all right for a while.